You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. We are in the month of March already. In the month of March already. And I want to ask you, what is your vision of this year? Because two months, gone. What is your vision of this year? What is the promises that God has given you? Remember, faith acts now. Faith believes now. Faith receives now. Many times we have a promise, we have an instruction from God. God wants to do something in your life, but you're not where you should be. Remember what the angel said to Lot in the book of Genesis. He says, move, get there, because I cannot do anything until you get there. Sometimes we're saying, God, you've given me this promise, do it now. And God says, you have your part to play. You know, we have two groups here in the body of Christ today. And it's like a pendulum, you know, it's like, then it's on this side and then it's on that side. People saying, well, God said, the promised land is mine and I'm going to possess it. And he has said it, so that settles it, the promised land is coming to me. And they're waiting for the promised land. And they never get up and they never cross over the Jordan and actually go possess the land. Because they're just waiting for God to do it for them. You have your part to play. Genesis. I can do nothing till you get there. You're going to have to take some action. That's why I started by asking you, what is your vision? What do you see for this year? God has given you so many promises. He wants you to possess them. He wants you to enter into them. But remember, faith sees the invisible. It believes the impossible and it receives the incredible. But faith needs action. You're not on this planet just to get saved. You're here to occupy, to possess. Grace is there for everybody to get saved from their sin. And then grace empowers you to possess the land. But most of us just camp at grace to save us as a sinner. God wants you to move on and start to occupy the land. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples, wait until you've received power. If God's plan was for you just to get saved by grace, once you had prayed a sinner's prayer and accepted Jesus, you would go to heaven. But God's plan is not just for you to get into heaven. A matter of fact, when Jesus returns to this earth, you're going to rule here for a thousand years. Adam had an assignment to subdue, to rule, to dominate this earth, to multiply and to increase. Because God is an invincible God that made the visible. For Adam, man, to rule upon this earth. The earth belongs to the Lord. Adam sinned and gave his dominion over to the devil. But Jesus Christ came back to restore dominion and authority to us. A matter of fact, after Adam had sinned, you see Enoch walking with God. You see Noah, the Bible says, was a righteous man who found grace in the sight of God. And his family got saved. But when it came to Abraham... 
for Abram at that stage. God called him. He was involved in idol worship. Unrighteousness. All of us come from a place of unrighteousness. But God chose him and said, come. What did he say to him? He said, Abraham, I want you to get away from your family, the land that you find yourself in now. Get away from here and move to the land that I will show you. He didn't see it. It required faith to believe God. He was basically saying to him, I'm coming to you to make a covenant with you because we're going to start occupying and possessing this land because this earth belongs to me. And everybody who responds by faith will become rulers, dominators. They will be able to multiply and increase. I want you to get away from your family. Move to the land that I will show you. Did he see the land? No. That's why he needed faith. Not just to get saved, but to possess and dominate this earth. Listen here, Genesis 1.28. Then God blessed him and God said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Genesis 9 verse 7. And as for you, be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply in it. That's when God spoke to Noah. So God wants to increase you, He wants to multiply you, and then He wants you to multiply in the multiplication. Doesn't that sound like the New Testament, wanting to do far more abundantly, whatever you could think, whatever you could dream, whatever you could ask? God wants to do that in your life. God said to Adam, be fruitful and multiply. Everything in our lives is a product of grace. But the Christians today are camping at a place where they say, Lord, just give me grace for my sins to be forgiven. I've sinned again, Lord. I've made a mistake. Grace, 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 grace. Grace is not just there to save you. It's to empower you to do good works. We are saved by grace, not by our good works, to do good works. So first the grace saves you, but then it empowers you to do what you're supposed to do. But many of us are just camping at grace that's saving us from sin. Or cleansing our sin. It's time for you to start to occupy this earth. When his disciples came to him and said, teach us how to pray. They were saying, what should we pray so that we can receive the promises that God has got for us? What should we pray so that we can see the fulfillment of every good thing that's in your word? They were asking him, what should we pray so that our problems can be solved? They wanted that secret prayer. What did Jesus say? Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. That which is happening in heaven, let it manifest here on earth. says His heavenly way of doing things, the heavenly atmosphere, manifested here on earth. Advance the kingdom of God. That which is in heaven, bring it down here to earth. Many people cannot move on to what heaven has planned for them. Because they're looking backwards the whole time to what hell had planned for them. Even Jesus faced difficulties. Jesus moved on. So you should also move on. You say, but you don't know my situation and my circumstances. What I've been born in. How my birth, from my birth, how things started out. Things were against me. You don't know my 
family. I know you've got funny family. Why do you think God told Abraham to get away from his funny family? <laughs> I'm not saying all family is bad. I'm just sometimes there's certain things going on in your family. They were idol worshippers and God said to Abraham, get away. Later on, even when his servant went back to find a wife for his son, he said, you can find her, go get her there, but bring her out. Please don't let my son go back there, because I know where I come from. All of us come from unrighteousness. But when you are linked up with God, you are connected with righteousness. It's time to move on. Now, even Jesus, at his birth, at the time of conception, from a natural point of view, it was a scandal. She was a lady that was a Hebrew lady, engaged, according to the word of God, not to be in a sexual relationship. Then she was pregnant. Joseph, being a righteous man, said, you know what? I'm going to do the good thing. I won't embarrass her publicly, but privately I'm just going to divorce her. He's not allowed to divorce her. From a natural point of view, trying to make plans. Jesus is not embarrassed by your situation. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 1 verse 18. Family, let me tell you something. Many people today find themselves in difficult situations. The sad thing is that they remain in those sad situations. It's time for you to move on. Jesus moved on. You should move on. You should move on to so that you can possess the promises that God has given you. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they, became, they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. I'm just going to silently divorce her. But while he, the thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Can you imagine the scandal, the, the critics, the slanderous things people would have said about her? You're a child. You told everybody you're a virgin. And now there's a child. Don't let your situation define you or label you that's why i started by asking you what is your vision of this year what is it that god has promised you jesus wants to help you you are created as the greatest product of the holy spirit he wants to walk with you in your difficulty he wants to walk with you in your embarrassment and take you from that embarrassment to where he wants you to be jesus may be started in a stable but it did not end there. What is your stable that you find yourselves in right now? It was situations and circumstances that brought Jesus to a stable. Jabez, in the Bible, he's saying, the day Jabez was born, his mother had so much pain that she named him Jabez. It means he who causes pain. Can you imagine? What's your name? He who causes pain. Mommy, can we go play by he who causes pain? No, please, just stay away. We have enough things going on in our house. Maybe you've been labeled Jabez and nobody wants anything to do with you. No, just stay away from this person, just causes pain. 
But the Bible says, And Jabez called upon the God of Israel and said that you indeed will bless me, that you will enlarge my territory, that your hand will be over me, that I will not cause pain. And God granted him his petition. Whatever people have labeled you, when you call upon the God of Israel, He can change it. Yes. Now suddenly He who causes pain brings joy. The Bible says He was more honorable than all His brothers. Because He called upon the God of Israel. He said, I'm not going to accept what my mother, family, situation or circumstances labeled me. I'm moving on. I'm connecting with God. And when you connect with God, your past is over. You are linked to your good future. Your part now is to disconnect with your past and look towards your future. God told Abraham, disconnect with your past and move into your future. Some of you are linked with your past still on Facebook today and you cannot move on. You connected with a boyfriend of three years ago and you cannot move on and find the right person in your life. Because you see he's happy, then you think, okay, let me put a happy picture on my Facebook as well that he can see I'm happy. But on the inside, you're not happy. You get four kinds of people in your life. People that subtract, people that divide, people that multiply, and people that add. If it's not multiplying and adding to your life, disconnect from it. Family, listen to me. I'm giving you some good advice. 200 men went with Absalom in rebellion, and they didn't even know it. Absalom was the one in rebellion, but because they linked themselves to him, they became rebellious. Many of you are linked to stuff, and you want to move forward, and you're confessing the right things. It's your intention not to be in rebellion, but you're linked with rebellion. And you're wondering why my life is not getting sorted out. I'm telling you this is one of the things. You, you befriend somebody that looks like a beautiful picture, this is the wife of my dreams. Does she not look like the one that I was dreaming about? And it's not even the person. It's a demon behind it of killing, stealing, and destroying. And now you're befriending the person. If you befriend somebody and you're not linking yourself to them, if I say, I want to greet you, let's be friends, what am I doing? You and your wife, you are linked to each other. When you walk, it's not, you don't just greet your wife like this. You hold her hand. This is still fine if I greet him like this. But if I now hold his hand like this, no, pastor, what's going on now? No. We're just friends. I'm, I'm. But you linked here. This is now giving a completely different message. One of the greatest gifts God has given you is choice. You can make decisions. You choose who to be linked to and not to be linked to. Because you want to run forward the straight race that God has set before you. But you've got all these things that you are linked to. If you want God to bring somebody new into your life, why are you still friends with all these boyfriends and girlfriends of the past that just hurt you, divided? Disconnect from that. If it's not adding and multiplying, disconnect from that. You know, when I was a youngster, when I just started working, our, our big boss the one day challenged us, and I believe he was born again as well. And he said to me, some of you guys are reading the newspaper every day from the beginning to the end. And I was one of them. Because I thought as a young man, to get ahead of life, I need to read the newspaper to know what's going on. And he said, I want to challenge you. 
He says, most of the stuff in there is negative. And it's going to affect you negatively. He says, I want to challenge you not to read the newspaper. He says, any news that you should know, somebody will come and share it with you. But don't you be the one to fill your mind with that negativity. You need to fill your mind with what God has planned for you. The same is true of Facebook. It's a wonderful way to share some things. But some of you are looking more at negative things, getting upset about things, than getting happy being on your Facebook. And people get frustrated. And they say, why are some things so difficult and heavy? Because you are carrying all those heavy weights. Disconnect. Sometimes people will call me and say, you know what, I want you, you must read this, I'm giving you a, this is going to be, I said, I'm not interested. I'm giving you a heads up. I'm not going to read it. I'm not interested in that negativity. The Bible says, think things that are from above. Things that build up. But our whole environment and society, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? Even some of your family meetings are like that. Did you hear this one has got this rare disease? It's one in 10 billion, but this one is even more special. It's one in 20 billion. Why don't you start talking about the God that is greater than all those things? The one who said, I died for all of that. If you say your past is over, why are you still discussing defeats and failure of the past? Why are you still discussing disappointments of last year? If you want to possess the promises that God has got for you in this year, it's time to move on. Jesus was rejected, was betrayed, was hurt, was disappointed. But he never discussed any of those stories. He never talked about any of those things. A matter of fact, when they asked him, how should they pray? I want to read from the Passion Translation. Listen here. Pray like this. Our Father dwelling in the heavenly realms... May the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth, just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge you are our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. It's time to allow the kingdom of God to manifest in your life. That means looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Where is Jesus? He's seated in heavenly places. Amen. Put the things of the past behind you. There is no excuse that you can use. No excuse. Because when you are linked up with God, the first work of the Holy Spirit is to regenerate your spirit, to make it new. A better spirit is on the inside of you today than was in Adam when he ruled this earth. He had Adamic authority. You have Christ authority. You have Christ authority in your life. Ask yourself, how much of heaven are you manifesting? Ask yourself, what have I done this week to advance the kingdom of God? You know, when they looked at Jesus, they said, this is, a, this is a guy that works with wood. He's a carpenter's son. How is it that he knows so much about the kingdom of God? Remember, in those days, the boys were taught from a young age the word of God. And when they got to a certain age, they could go on to study the word of God with a rabbi. 
If they were not at the level where they should be, they had to go do something like carpentry or become a fisherman like what... That's why when Jesus came to Peter and them fishermen, he says, follow me. They immediately left everything and they followed him. He said, here's our opportunity. This is the greatest honor is to become a rabbi, is to study the word of God. So when they looked at Jesus, they said, this is a carpenter's son. There's nobody, there's no lineage of priests or Levites here. They work with wood. Maybe they've labeled you as well. But with God, that's what happened to Jabez. Look at you and say, nobody in this family ever had a checkbook. They've never even had a bank account. But now this man starts walking with God. He says, can I build a church for somebody? Can I help with the charity deed here? Can we feed the orphans here? Because God is in your life. Things start to change. It's time to move on. Jesus did. Mark 6 verse 2. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? That such mighty works are performed by his hands. They were actually saying, this is an uneducated man. He does not know the things. He's not studied at the universities where we study. Yet God is with him. Education is no excuse not to advance the kingdom of God. Because you are walking with God. Peter was a fisherman. But yet he changed this world. Became a great disciple. Acts 4 verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Are you spending time with the right source, Jesus of Nazareth? Or is the only time that you're spending on Facebook? The only time you're spending in the newspaper? Most of those things are negative. Spend time with the right source. It's time for you to move on. You know what? Let me give you a very good example. Joshua and Caleb, they meditated upon the possibilities. They looked at the promised land and they said, we be well able. God said, this is our promised land. We will possess it. The other ten meditated on the impossibilities. They were thinking about the negative things. And they never moved into the promised land. A matter of fact, the Bible says when they came back, the report that they gave, they said, we are like grasshoppers in the sight of the people. Then the Bible says they became like grasshoppers in the sight of the people. But later on, if you read, you see the people of the land waited 40 years for the Israelites to come and possess the land. They believed more that the land will be possessed than what the actual Israelites And Joshua and Caleb was the only people of that generation that went in with. It is faith that allows you to possess the promised land. We should stop camping at grace that just saves our sins and cleanses us. And ask God for the grace on the inside to possess and do what we're supposed to do. Remember what Paul said. He says, the grace on the inside of me was working more than anything else. Empowering me to do what I'm supposed to do. Went on crusades, ministered. He became a witness, advancing the kingdom of God. Not just grace to be saved, but grace to occupy, to become a person that's advancing the kingdom of God on this earth. God wants to take back this earth. He wants this whole earth to be filled with His glory. He's put a plan in motion through Jesus Christ. 
It started with Abraham when he believed. And it was accounted to him for righteousness through faith. That allows all of us to be in right standing with God. Have you faced a disappointment? God wants to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis 45. If you feel like life has cheated you, this is for you. Remember Joseph had a dream of how his family would bow down before him. You're going to be a ruler and your family will bow down before you. Had the dream. And then a lot of things happened in between where God had to deal with him, get him to the place where he could be what God had called him to be. So many times we see the vision of what God wants to do in our lives, but we don't allow God the opportunity to work in our lives, to change, to become that. On the way there, you're going to have to put many things behind you and move on. When Joseph was in the pit, he says, I don't belong here, I'm moving on. In prison, I'm moving on. A matter of fact, as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, even in prison, he manifested the kingdom of God and went to the top in the prison. Where God has placed you, don't look at your situation and circumstance and say, I'm in the worst time, the worst place. Where God has placed you, manifest the kingdom of God. Listen here. Genesis 45. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I'm Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve your life. You wanted to kill me, but God was using that to preserve you. That which you intended for evil, God turned it around for good. Why? Because he loved God. He was seeking the kingdom of God, putting it first. This is not your doing, it was the Lord's doing. For these two years the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you and the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. He was saying to his brothers, I've moved on. It's time for you to move on. Don't you come here and say you were the one who sold me and sent me here and think you can take any glory. God was in control of my life. God was holding my life in his hands. And he brought me from there to where I'm right now so that I can be a deliverer. He was establishing the kingdom of God. God took him to the highest. He was just under Pharaoh because Pharaoh was the king of Egypt. But apart from that, he was in control of everything. Establishing the kingdom of God. Your life and what you've been going through, hold on to that promise. God is in control of your life. He will take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Family, listen here. You can ask Apostle Paul and he'll tell you, You've not committed the unpardonable sin. There's still hope for you. His grace can still save you, and His grace can still empower you to do what you're supposed to do. The thing is, because we've not been renewing our minds, we think grace is just there to save us, just there to get you born again. Grace removes our sin. God treats us better than what we deserve, deals with us according to His mercy and not the sins of our youth. But that grace is also there to empower you because grace is a person. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. 
At work now, God will give you the grace to do more than what the other people are doing. Will give you the grace to do it with a better attitude. Will give you the grace to do it quicker, faster, better. That people will say, surely God is with this person. Because other people are doing half the amount of work and they are murmuring and complaining the whole time. And this person is doing three times more. And they're not murmuring, they're not complaining, and they're getting it done. How is that possible? God must be with them. God must be helping them. God must be assisting them. It's there to empower you. But if you're looking back the whole time, why I'm getting three times more than what they're getting? Why is all the pressure on me? Why am I the only one working overtime? Because you can with a good attitude. The world wants you to behave like the masses. But God calls you out to be different. Different. Let it be God's empowerment that makes you different. Many people are trying to live a life without the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus instructed his disciples, after they've even been with him three years, says, wait until you've received power from on high. Then you'll be able to become a witness. But many people today are trying to witness without the Holy Spirit. They're trying to witness in their own strength. From what they know in their minds, they are convinced our need in the church is to be converted. That comes from your heart. Listen, 1 Timothy 1.15. The worst of sins can be forgiven. Jesus receives repentant souls. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I can testify that the word is true and deserves to be received by all. For Jesus Christ came into the world to bring sinners back to life, even me. The worst sinner of all, yet I was captured by grace so that Jesus Christ could display through me the outpouring of His Spirit as a pattern to be seen for all those who would believe in Him for eternal life. Family, listen to me. You're not just saved to go to heaven. Paul is saying here, Grace got hold of me and captured me. And the worst of sinners have become a saint. But then the Holy Spirit in me empowered me. So that the kingdom of God can be established on this earth. This earth belongs to God. Anna may be surrendered it to the devil. But Christ came to restore it back to him. He wants to possess it. He wants to own it. It is his. And we are the instruments, the vehicles to establish the kingdom of God upon this earth. It's not just, oh, I've messed up again, grace, grace. No, no, no. We want that grace now to work in you, to become a witness. In the marketplace that people will say, why are you doing so well? Why is, why is your department doing better? Do you really want to know? We start with prayer in the morning. We rely on God to help us. Why is the people in your department more friendly? Oh, it must be the joy of the Lord. It's the kingdom of God being established here. We've been praying that the atmosphere here, the stronghold here, should not be backbiting, but a stronghold of love. Amen. Does that mean people will, not, will stop backbiting? No, people will still backbite. But you can be different. You can show that there's something different on the inside of you. The promise that was made to Abraham was not cars and houses. It was the Holy Spirit. And when you have the Holy Spirit, the blessing that rests upon you when you seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then all these things will be added. But keep your focus on the kingdom of God. 
manifest that which is in heaven. When you allow that which is in heaven to manifest here on earth, there'll automatically be a blessing. There'll be increase. There'll be a multiplication. There'll be a multiplication in that multiplication. But if you make it happen out of your own strength, how will you maintain it? But if it's by God's power, God will get the glory. That's why Joseph said, don't you come and take the glory now, my brothers, and say, you're the ones that got me in this position. No, God was in control of my life. It was Him working in me, not you working in me. Galatians 3 verse 14. Jesus, our Messiah, was hung upon a tree, bearing the curse in our place, and in so doing, dissolved it from our lives, so that all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon every non-Jewish believer. He absorbed the curse. He took it away. So Jesus Christ, who is grace, by His grace, absorbed the curse from our lives. He removed it. And now God shows grace to all of us and gives us the promise of the wonderful Holy Spirit who lives within us when we believe in Him. Saying this very Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of victory, the Spirit to rule, the Spirit to multiply and to increase, the Spirit of the light of God's favor is on the inside of you. The Bible says, people will say, where is the kingdom of God? Is it here? Is it there? It says, no, the kingdom of God is on the inside of you. That which was kept a mystery, secret for years, is Christ now revealed on the inside of us. The hope and glory of all of mankind. But we go into a situation and the world is changing us instead of us changing the world. Jesus came into this world to save the world, not to judge and condemn the world. Do you know the power that's on the inside of you, this kingdom on the inside of you? A kingdom of light, not of darkness. That's why don't be linked to the wrong things. Don't say on the one side the kingdom of light is here, but then you're holding on to the kingdom of darkness. That's why he says, from this well on the inside, which is living water, Jesus Christ, he says, from this well... They cannot flow bitter water and sweet water. You cannot during the week here curse the wallpaper from the walls. It's hanging like that. And then on a Sunday you come, praise you Jesus. He says, no, it's one fountain. It should be sweet water. It ought not to be bitter water and sweet water. Paul says, here's the solution. I know how to overcome this. Well, let me just, let me read the Passion Translation. Luke 17, verse 20, that I was quoting now previously. Jesus was once asked by the Jewish religious leaders, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus responded, the kingdom realm of God does not come simply by obeying principles or by waiting for signs. He's saying, not just because you read your Bible and you can quote scriptures does not mean you're manifesting the kingdom of God. Since you can know the Bible from Revelations, are from Genesis to Revelation and still not be born again. You need an encounter with God. You need to be born again. The life does not come from you reading or applying principles. It comes from you by faith, believing that he who knew no sin became sin so that you can believe his righteousness has become your righteousness. That's the faith. 
The kingdom realm of God does not come simply by obeying principles or by waiting for signs. The kingdom is not discovered in one place or another. For the kingdom realm of God is already expanding within some of you. It's on the inside of you. What does Isaiah 54 says? Enlarge the place of your dwelling. Expand to the left and to the right. What is people's problem? Their capacity to believe. Ask God to increase your capacity to believe. You walk into your work and you say, there's no Christians working here. Oh, it's going to be terrible. This place is dark. No. The light on the inside of you expels darkness. You should say, Lord, expand my capacity to believe that this company, the people will serve God. Lord, my previous company, people were praying in the morning. Now nobody is praying here. They're just cursing and swearing. Lord, enlarge my capacity. Show me the one person that we can come in agreement because two believers are better than one. I know I'm not the only believer here. There must be somebody else feeling the way that I feel. Not, okay, what we're going to do is from 8 o'clock you start working, then from 8 to 9, both of you are hiding in the toilet praying there. No, it's not the time to pray. It's the time to work. And you think you're being spiritual. Oh, I'm in trouble. I need to read my Bible extra. And you... People think you diarrhea, you've got diarrhea, but meanwhile you're sitting in the toilet reading your Bible, not doing your work. And then when you get into trouble, you say the devil. No, no, it's not the devil, it's you. If you want to have a prayer meeting, you have the prayer meeting before work starts. Unless your boss or somebody or your supervisor or your manager gives you permission to say, okay, from 8 to 8.30, you can have your prayer meeting, but then you're not going to take lunch. Simple example. You cannot steal your company's time. And say now you're doing something good for God. And then you come and you say grace, 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 grace. No, that's not grace. That's a, that's a weak grace. Strong grace is God empowering you to be there an hour before the time and to pray an hour before the time or half an hour before the time or start once a week by praying. You've been looking at your situation and circumstances and blaming all of that for you not possessing your promise while God is busy expanding the kingdom of God on the inside of you. Paul says... In Philippians 3 verse 12. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. But I run with passion into His abundance so that I may reach the destiny that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Make an active decision, forget about the past, put it behind you, and fasten your heart instead to the future. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So let all who are fully mature have the same passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. And let us all advance together to reach this victory prize, following one path with one passion. Jesus is a tomorrow thinker. With your new birth, Jesus gives birth to your good future. There's no reason to hold back. Faith acts now. It believes now. It receives now. Faith sees the invisible. It believes the impossible and it receives the incredible. Because God is with you. 
He's the one who has given you the promise, and He will help you. He will walk with you. Isaiah 41, verse 10 says, Fear not. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I believe this message will help you to move on. Jesus moved on. So should you. Move on and go and possess that promise. Don't just say the grace has just saved me to stop sinning. But grace should empower you to become an ambassador of the kingdom of God, to advance the kingdom of God. Everywhere where we go, light should expel darkness. Even there where we're going to build the church, God has placed us there for a reason, for a purpose. He wants this whole earth to be filled with His glory. That glory is on the inside of you already. Jesus prayed in John 17. He said, Father, the glory that you have given me, I have given them so that the world may believe. Why is there a need for the glory? For people to believe, for people to come to salvation. God's heart is the salvation of people. Sila. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.